tasty. Too tasty. Listen, y'all going to get this podcast. Like I told y'all, the beginning of these playoffs. This podcast ain't going nowhere. When speaking of celebrities, meaning actors, musicians, artists, athletes, etc., it will only be in relation to real life and how I may apply celebrity situations to real life situations. Tasty Topics is not a celebrity gossip podcast. Any celebrity business discussed on my podcast would be after it has already been made public. I'm not here to create or spread rumors with no proof or merit. Yeah. Hey, hey, tasters. Welcome to episode 74 of Tasty Topics and to my table. We just chugging right along, huh? Sometimes I look back and I can't believe that I've made it to this many episodes. And look, on a hot phone, look, the hot mic piece on my Samsung Android. And shout out to all my Samsung users. They took so much stuff. About people who still have droids. I guess I'm like a dinosaur with my droid. But one thing I will say about my Android and everybody compliments is the picture quality. And to speak of pictures, let's um, get into it. Let's talk about, um, first of all, my mentals. Mentally, I'm in a very, I'm in a a quality space. (laughs) I'm going to say that. I'm feeling pretty good because I'm looking forward to so many things. Um, let's talk about the Black Girls Fly as Fuck brunch that I went to this past Sunday in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. It was phenomenal. Tasters, my women especially, if you do not follow Black Girls in color, go to Instagram and follow them. They have brunches and meetups and get-togethers and Again, just a beautiful sight. So it was in Cherry Hill, New Jersey at a restaurant bar called Vera's. Really big place. Way out in Cherry Hill. Look, for all of my New York tasters, you know what I'm talking about. You got parts of Jersey that's close and parts that ain't. And Cherry Hill is not close to me, being a Brooklyn girl. It's um about two hours away. I started seeing signs for Atlantic City and Six Flags. That's how I knew I was far. <laughs> Well, anyway, it was at Vera's, and it was run, again, by Black Girls in Color, featuring a young woman that I adore named Erica Nicole. If you don't follow her, you should, too. And um, I finally got to meet the great Erica Nicole. All of these young women, I would say that there were very few New Yorkers there. You can tell. There's something about, like, young women from, like, the DMV area or from that section of Jersey like those parts of Jersey, like Cherry Hill, and when you're getting closer to the southern states like Delaware, they got like their own look and vibe about them, and they showed out this past Sunday at the Black Girls Brunch. The colors were just popping tin. It was almost like a costume affair. That's how gorgeous, and the, the whole thing was colors, and these women really came through. I'm talking about just... All sorts of designs. Um, my Muslim women, they were beautiful. There were a couple of Muslim women in their chemars with their feet, faces just beat to the high heavens. 
different textures and colors and tones. There were girls out there in space boots and killer heels, cowboy boots. I saw a young lady out in a pair of lime green cowboy boots that was metallic. Then there was another young lady who had on like a, a giant tutu dress. There were women in, like I said, just all types of heels and, and, and veils and hats and just think of Every color that you could think of, all the colors of Benetton. Remember Benetton from back in the days? Every color of the rainbow. Just rainbow splashes of color everywhere you went. And then the hairstyles. Oh my goodness. You have so many beautiful hairstyles. Because of the makeup. Just everything just came together. There was a young lady that I met. And I, oh, you made, I made connections. I went with my girls. Shout out Trilly Trills and Empress BK Semi Sweet. My girls, Sexy Red bone and um and I had a blast together it was just beautiful everybody just came through and it was just wonderful just being amongst women look a couple of my god friends they saw my pictures online they were like yo that was really you said a women's brunch you meant a woman's brunch tastes the only men there were the servers the photographer and the bouncers it was really, look, strictly for the ladies. Who remember that song from back in the days? This is strictly for the ladies. No ifs, ands, and maybes. Even down to the DJ. The DJ was a woman. And everybody got along. And let's talk about the food. Let's get in the appetizer because you know I'm greedy. I ordered um some sort of, I think they were called banging shrimps. And they were banging. Like, I feel like I can't go wrong. I've been ordering so many shrimp dishes lately. Like, that's just been something that I don't want to call it an addiction. But I feel like everywhere I go lately, shrimp is just the way to go. You can't fuck up shrimp. And they didn't. Um, the banging shrimps were delicious. They were crispy um, in some sort of, like, sweet chili flavored sauce. Excellent. Um, I also had Brussels sprouts. I don't know if I talked about this. When I was a kid, I actually hated hated, despised the taste of Brussels sprouts. And I'm going to tell you, like I tell most people about foods that you think you don't like, it's because somebody didn't cook it well. Now, when I was with my grandparents, they didn't cook Brussels sprouts. But I had another family member who did, but she never, I never knew what fresh Brussels sprouts tasted like. She would buy them frozen and she would boil them and steam them and they were disgusting. So the first time I taste, tasted actual fresh Brussels sprouts cooked the way they should be cooked, I was hooked. So yesterday I ordered the shrimps with the Brussels sprouts and I felt good about that because I'm still trying. You know, like as far as my diet, I'm really like trying to stay away from carbs and starches as much as I can. So I was really proud of myself for that. And the drinks, all our drinks were served in these really cute little buckets, not fish bowls. We thought we were getting fish bowl drinks. Nope. They bought our drinks out in buckets with handles. I had a margarita and they had a, a shot sitting right in the middle of my bucket. Um, Some of my girls ordered drinks with Jack Daniel bottles tipped over into the buckets and that was really nice but it was just the whole vibe like there was no big speeches given it was just dancing and just partying they had a photo booth there was some hosts that were running around with the money machine that you use in the strip club that you know the gun and you shoot the gun and the funny money comes out like that's fun that's definitely a look for pictures you know social media videos they had photo booths so you could just have fun 
taking pictures with your friends. And, um, yeah, it was just a beautiful time. So, again, if you don't follow Black Girls in Color on Instagram, you really should. Because they get into some nice things. And this was my first event after um, chasing and stalking Erica Nicole and Iconic Ash and Black Girls in color just stalking them for a year i actually saw a post that they put up about a brunch a year ago and i had said that i needed a brunch like that with my girls and it happened so shout out again to all of those ladies it was a beautiful experience and i'm gonna let you know right now this is gonna be a short stay so that was my mentals along with an appetizer let's talk about my body yaddy yaddy um i've been feeling real stiff lately I'm just going to put that out there. I know I need to exercise. Stretching is good. But sometimes I just don't fucking feel like it. I don't. Oh, I'm just going to have a sip. Oh, I'm drinking water as this is recording. Because look, I've been drinking. I really drank um a lot on Sunday. And um, I actually had the following day off, so I did a little drinking too. So it's like, okay, back to reality. Can't drink every day. I look, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't have a problem. I really don't. So, um, yeah, I know how to stop. So anyway, um, yeah, my body's just been real stiff. I keep saying I need a good spa day. What I really need is a vacation. Tasters, where are you all trying to um go this summer? If you, any of you got any plans for the upcoming summer months, I got some people that's going to some really great places. I got one of my people's, um, I got family members, friends that are going to Grenada, Bali. Um, another one of my friends is about to go to Vegas. They're going to try to go to the Usher experience while they're out there. Cause they're really going to Vegas just to hang out. I think one or two may be doing New Orleans. Um, I got another friend. I'm going to put her on black. Let's just say she's going on a European vacation and I would love to sit down with her and speak with her about her travels because I love talking about travels with my ladies. It's something um, you know, that's something that needs to be discussed, like black women traveling, you know, because for a long time, I felt like it wasn't really, that wasn't for us to do, you know, it was, we got to work, you know, working hard or waiting to go places with um, men or, or you didn't travel unless you had a family and kids and then you only went to places like Disney World or universal orlando but just like exotic locales and european nations and traveling solo or going on vacations that's not something that i would say it's just become very recently like over the last eight to nine years not even 10 years i'd say about seven to eight years that black women traveling has like exploded as far as something that gets talked about you know, we discuss it, we plan it, we talk about these travel groups and, you know, going beautiful places and just enjoying ourselves and living our best lives. Now, speaking of living our best lives, that is what episode 74 is about today. This is going to be a short stay. Um, 
I'm not sure what I'm going to entitle this episode yet, but it's basically about black women and money. Lately, the topic of conversation has been black women and their finances, and not even our finances, how we get along with men regarding finances, as far as our marriages or just our romantic relationships. I feel like it's gotten to a point that when you have a conversation with black women now, everything ends up being about money and their relationship. Like it becomes a combination conversation of the two. Like, are you in a relationship? What about money? Do you have a man? What about the money though? How much money does he make? And I don't like it. So very recently a conversation came up. It was a hot topic. Mind you, we already just came off for the whole the the, the heels of the Ebony K. Williams controversy talking to relationship um counselor Iyanla Van Zant, you know who directed her then maybe she should date a bus driver in order to find love and happiness. Or, you know, I guess someone, again, who's a blue collar worker in order to be happy. Now there's a conversation um, that came up about the actress Gabrielle Union making it public that she and her very extremely wealthy former NBA player husband that they split all their bills down the middle 50-50. Now, I have several opinions on that, but that's not why I'm here today. Like I said, I'm going to keep it a short stay. I don't care about their business. I don't give a damn what Gabrielle Union chooses to do with her super rich husband. Um, well, super rich to me, because anything over $100 million is a lot of goddamn money. You know, it can be said, well, he ain't no billionaire. It's a lot of not billionaires out here. You can look that up. What percentage of the human population is even billionaires? I think it's something really low. Like, there might only be about 100 or 300 billionaires on the earth with all the people that we have on the planet. There's only a couple of hundred billionaires. So, yeah, $100 million and better is a lot of money. So, anyway, um, back to, again, Gabrielle Union and D-Wade. So, the, for some reason, she mentioned that they split everything down the middle, 50-50, and all of this other shit. This is my question to my tasters. How did we get to a point? Where whenever black women are being interviewed or just having conversations and their marriages come up or their relationships, period. How do we get into all of this money talk? I feel like no other ethnicity of women is being cornered and just ambushed into conversation about their money the way black women are. And I know I'm not wrong. Like I was um, telling a couple of my people, I said, I feel like if I get to a place in life where for some reason Stella Belafonte is sitting for interviews, the question is going to be, um, hey, Stella, you know, are you married? How are you? How are you today? Thanks for joining us. Are you married? Oh, no, of course you're not married, right? You're not married because, you know, black girls don't get married. And then if I'm not married or I happen to be engaged, maybe they'll ask me, oh, so you're engaged. Um, so your fiance, what does he do for a living? He works, right? What does he do? 
uh, did you have to pay for your own rent? So how do you all intend to live and divide up the finances in your household once you are married? I swear I feel like that's going to be the line of questioning and I don't get it. I don't understand why black when I'm not going to say women of color. I feel like that's really a it, it, it's like it's a, a running theme now. Black girls in the hot seat. Let's ask her about her money business. Let's ask her all, all her man's intimate business. Now, one thing I will say about the interview with um the particular celebrity that I just mentioned, I feel like there's definitely such a thing as oversharing. No matter what anyone feels about that situation, and again, I have a lot of feeling about it, we wouldn't have so much feeling about it if you weren't out here telling the world what you and your man are doing as far as your finances are concerned. Like, does anybody ask Melania Trump how she and Donald Trump split the finances or if they even split the finances, what he pays for, what she pays for? No, they don't ask none of these rich white ladies those questions. But us, people want to know. Look, inquiring minds want to know. Girl, are you good? Does your man pay bills? Is he a protector and a provider? And if he's not, what you doing with him? It's like we can't wait to just get us in a corner so we can attack them on. But what you doing with a man that ain't paying for nothing? And it's it's, it's just not fair. It's ugly. And it leaves a very bad taste in my mouth. And also, like, um, I do feel that as black women, a lot of times we did get put into this space because of the things we've seen and heard or what we've been through. You know, a lot of us weren't afforded the soft life. Some of us, yes, but I would say majority, no. I don't care how educated you were. I don't care how beautiful you were. Most black women did not, until again, very recently, were not raised or you know, afforded the opportunity to live this so-called soft life. You know what the soft life, again, from what I see, is a life of leisure. Just enjoying the finer things. You know, buying expensive things, enjoying delicious gourmet meals at high-end restaurants, booking spa dates, going on trips, you know, maybe flying first class, business class, and not even thinking about it, you know, not busting your ass at work, killing yourself with overtime, you know, getting out of that belief system that you need to work hard now and play later. A lot of us, this is new. This is all new territory, and it's we're just learning how to navigate our way through living this soft life, treating ourselves better than we were. But while we're doing this, I don't feel that it's anybody's business how your man makes his money. You know when um how your man pays bills and if he's paying for anything when it becomes people business when you got your hand out. Like tasters, if you got girlfriends that's sitting in your face bragging about their men, but then got their hand out, that's a problem. Then you put them in the hot seat. You back them up against the wall and ask them, sister, what's your problem? You know, what's going on with your finances? How does your man manage his money? How do you pay bills? Talk to those women about their money. But I feel like women who are out here just doing great things, taking care of themselves, not as asking anybody for anything... It shouldn't even be a conversation. I feel like I, I didn't even watch this interview. 
that um Gabrielle Union just did. I actually just listened to, you know, just saw some of the clips and I didn't like anything that I was hearing. I, I felt like she was in a position or put herself in a position where she felt like she had to explain herself about her man and their money. This is not her boyfriend. This is not her baby father. This is not her husband. And I feel like that's another thing, black women. I am going to put us, um, I'm going to hold us accountable. Stop putting all your business on the street. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Yeah, we hear things about non-black stars and the things that they go through. But I feel like with us, we talk our business a lot of times in social media down to the nitty gritty. Like if you hear about a non-black celebrity getting a divorce, you hear like certain things or, you know, they taking shots at each other as a couple. I think the last non-black celebrity divorce where you really heard all of their business was that mess with Johnny Depp and his wild ex-wife. That was crazy. But that's not something that happens on a regular basis with us. It's like once we fall apart and we're not happy, we air all of our laundry, dirty laundry talk, especially when it comes to money. All of your money business comes out. Like even I'm looking at several celebrities like Wendy Williams, Mary J. Blige, um, Kenya from Real Housewives of Atlanta. How did all of their money business come out after their divorces? From their husbands. Why do we all know that basically these women are the breadwinners or were the breadwinners and they're the ones that have to find their way now because they're probably paying alimony or even paying child support to men. I think even Halle Berry might have got caught up in something like that, you know, but um, yeah, like I said, it was going to be a short stay. Yeah, that was um, yeah, this episode, I guess, is a short stay bad taste in my mouth and um let's just stay out of each other's money business for the rest of the summer how about the rest of the year how about just enjoy yourself what are you looking forward to what events are coming up any festivals any getaways like oh one of my people one of my beautiful girlfriends like hey shout out simply kita she invited me to a rooftop movie showing that we're going to in a few weeks of what's love got to do with it because it is the 30th anniversary of that movie what do you all think about that tasters so um we purchased the premium seats where you get popcorn you sit in leather recliners and it's on a rooftop in manhattan and it's in Midtown, and I am looking forward. I've never done that um rooftop cinema where they play like a black classic movie. I remember seeing that on the Insecure series. Then they started doing it out here in New York, and I've never had the experience. So I'm really looking forward to that. So instead of minding women's money business and worried about who's paying all their bills, yeah, these are the things that I'm going to be getting into. And um, the trailer dropped um, a couple of hours ago for a remake of the movie, The Color Purple, which is also really old. The Color Purple, um, is definitely stamped into my memory because I remember being taken to see that movie as a child. I can actually remember that day very clearly. And that had to be in the very early to, yeah, early 80s when the first Color Purple dropped. And I remember it just... 
left a very, very big imprint on my impressionable young mind. And um, how do you feel, Tasters? Are you ready for a part two of The Color Purple? Are you ready to see my girl Fanny? Now, mind you, I saw The Color Purple on stage. I sure did. Years ago, when Fantasia first took over the part of Miss Seeley in The Color Purple on Broadway, I sure did. Um, I had an ex that took me to see it, and that was a wonderful experience. So, you know what? I'm here for it. I'm here to support it. You know, I do have a lot of feelings about... um. Put it like this, along with all the remakes, because I don't think there's anything wrong with a remake or an update. Along with all the remakes, I still feel like there's so many untapped black cinema projects that don't get a chance to, they don't see the light of day. They won't make it to the big screen. You know, we keep going over all of these old books and turning, you know, films based on books or remaking films that we already had. Like, look, in 10 years, are they going to remake What's Love Got to Do With It? You know, I'm not knocking it. But like I said, I feel like there's just so much black talent and so many writers out here that are, that are so creative that have so many ideas. There's several themes Regarding black love and black history that I want to see played out on the big screen, not just remakes of movies that we've already seen before. So, but anyway, I'm looking forward to um, Color Purple 21st Century. It's supposed to be dropping Christmas Day 2023. So, yeah, that's some really... um. That that was smart. That was sharp. And that, that's one thing. That has become a tradition in my family. Well, it was until the pandemic happened. We would go to the movies every Christmas and I was loving it. Like traditionally, that started to be a thing and it's very enjoyable. So I'm thinking this Christmas when that drops, I definitely want to be in the theaters to see The Color Purple. So that's it. I said it was going to be short stay. Um, I'm just under the 30 minute mark. And again, I'm just curious, Tasters, what are you all getting into this summer? Um, send it to mizironbox at gmail.com. That's M-I-Z-I-R-O-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. And let me know also, like in the comments you know you can go on spotify you can leave an opinion of the episode or just send me an email about what do you think about how i feel regarding black women in finances do you feel that people get too far into black women's financial business that they're too judgmental about what black women do when it comes what they do with their money within their relationships or do you feel like we um we overshare that we tend to overshare just let me know what you think. I know we definitely do tend to overwork. And I'm enjoying this um, soft life movement. You know, I feel like not enough black women out here um, pamper themselves or treat themselves to things. We do have a tendency to overwork. But like I said, that's a lot about history. There's a big backstory behind it. We're not just out here overworking ourselves for nothing. Like, even if you do choose to listen to the Gabrielle Unit, Union interview, I did see clips where she did mention feeling like she comes from a background where she feels like she has to be the one or has to be the breadwinner. But again, how the fuck did that even come up? <laughs> like, why are we asking this gorgeous, accomplished black actress about her money and her man's money. Again, 
who who else are we asking these questions? Are we sitting and talking to the Kardashians about what they do with their men and their money? No. We just sit back and watch. We talk shit. But we don't get deep into their financial business. We don't know what um Kylie is doing regarding look, I'm just dropping a bunch of celebrity names, you know, regarding um Travis Scott, how they split the bills between her and Travis and the two children that they have. We don't know nothing about that. What about Tristan and Chloe? We don't know how much um Chloe Kardashian pays to keep Tristan Thompson happy or if that's even a thing. But I felt like if she were a black woman, that's something that she would be asked. How much are you spending to keep your man happy? Um, because you are significantly wealthier than he is. Or even when our husbands are wealthier than we are, we still get asked all of this money shit. But then, like I said, I feel like sometimes if we're not asked, we have a tendency to overshare. Because I told you, Tastes, we I talked to you about this in an episode a while back. Um, I was very upset with a, um... A black woman who's going to remain nameless, but you all love her. She makes seasoning and she smiles a lot. Who revealed to the world that she couldn't wait to start making a lot of money so that she could retire her husband. Yeah, I had an issue with that. But anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. I brought that up to say I don't feel like that's something that should have been said. It's not. It, 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 that's something. The fact that you live and breathe to financially support a man is definitely something that sis could have kept to herself with a smile. Well, anyway, tasters, that is it for today's episode. Yes, it was a short stay, but I hope it was tasty. And again, if you have any um, show ideas or things that you want me to taste or, you know, touch on, let me know. MissLineBox at gmail.com or hit me in the DM if you follow me on Instagram. And that is that. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll be talking to you next Tuesday.